Welcome to Mental Wealth, the podcast to invest in your mind. Here I will help you make sense of your mind and behaviours, giving you the tools to have your best life. There is so much to share, so let's get into this episode and explore another great topic. Welcome to episode 10. I am so delighted that you are here with me today and I have got a special guest because today we're going to be talking about goal setting and I was going to do this podcast, this episode on my own and then I thought, no, I know the man that we need to get involved. So I'm delighted to say that we are joined today by Neil Simpson from Kin. Uh, Neil is an entrepreneur pusher or should we say encourager? Encourager. <laughs> Encourager. So welcome, Neil. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me. It's a delight to be here. Brilliant. Do you want to me? do you want to explain a little bit more about who you are? Um yeah. Um myself and my business partner run a company called Kin. Uh, we're based in the Northwest. And what we do is we help um <laughs> we help growing entrepreneurs, basically um, people to help grow their business and, of course, themselves. Uh, w- the way we do this is by uh, encouragement and holding people accountable to what they say. We run a small community called Kinsiders. Obviously, there's going to be links in the show notes. Um, but what we do is we help people stay accountable to themselves, do what they said they're going to, because you know many, many entrepreneurs talk a good game, but then, you know, Things get busy. They run out of quote unquote time. And by that, they mean they prioritize other stuff. So we help them keep the main thing, the main thing. I love that. And and that's very much why I chose to ask you to come and join me today, because goal setting in itself is something that everyone knows you need to do. But there are so many pitfalls, challenges that go along with that. And that's what I'd love to explore, that sort of difference between you know, realistic goals, a little bit about time and the relationship we have with time, and then looking at some sort of long-term goals, short-term goals, and the relationship between the two. And as you say, helping people be accountable to their own plans, which I think we all need to do, myself included. (laughs) Everyone does. And we all think we can do it ourselves. Um, But the evidence, everything we do is backed by science. And the evidence suggests that um, when we are observed doing stuff, it improves our performance. It's called the Hawthorne effect in psychological terms. And when when we're kind of when there's an audience or when there's somebody kind of looking at what we're doing, we tend to perform better, faster, and with bigger effect. Yeah, so. it is that accountability, isn't it? It's that embarrassment that I always say. Let's use that as a positive thing. The embarrassment of not having done it. Let's use it. So share your goals with somebody else. And then hopefully they'll be able to encourage you or hold you accountable for making that happen. Well, in, in terms of supporting other people, um, we found a really interesting phenomenon in that um, <clears throat> that everybody needs two different kinds of support and that they kind of fall into two different areas. And we we tend to call them uh, carrot support, which is somebody who's going to be super encouraging all the time and just kind of, kind of um, pump you up keep you positive, throw an arm around your shoulder and be like, don't worry, nobody understands you like, I, you're always right, everything's good, don't worry, you're doing the right thing. And then the other side of that is what we call stick support, which is kind of more accountability parent, where it's like, you said you were going to do this, where is it? It's not here, make sure you do it next time. 
so that you get both the kind of support and the kind of encouragement and the accountability the accountability and what we've discovered is that can't be the same person because people who are being encouraging then find it difficult to kind of switch gears and then turn into somebody more accountable and obviously vice versa and for the good of your relationship neither one of those people should be your partner in life because you should keep keep your business away from your relationship because what we find especially um especially with kind of women in business is that um the kind of strong particularly male voices in their in their relationships tend to translate into more kind of well let's be positive and call them critical friend rather than rather than encouraging friend so for the good of your relationship make sure you get your support outside of your relationship so you can kind of keep your home life all about rainbows and teddy bears or i don't know uh, whatever floats your particular boat but you get all the other stuff in kind of professional support from people who are good at it and most importantly have experience yeah and i think it's critical isn't it to always have the right people around you for whatever it is that you're trying to achieve 100 percent. nobody does anything on their own no. The the kind of this myth of the kind of lone entrepreneur who who kind of takes on the world single handed, it, it's just not true. Mm-hmm. Everybody everybody needs a sidekick, hench person, posse, whatever it is. Everybody needs some support, and it it's much much harder if you do it on your own. Which is kind of part of the reason why we set Kinsiders up, because what we find is is that um, when we all go together, we tend to go further. You know, it's easier to sustain these. There's a really fantastic African proverb, which is, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go further, go together, which yeah. is a fantastic way of kind of looking at things. So, yeah, getting the right people around you is absolutely Critical. paramount. If yeah. you want to do something fantastic. But I think just going, what you've just said there, I love that metaphor of uh, going together. That's the whole point. And that was my motivation for this podcast, is to help people realise that lots of people, while we're all unique, will be in one shape or another feeling, thinking, doing the similar thing. So let's know that and then let's all step forward together. Yeah. The, <laughs> it's cropped up in one of the things we were teaching this morning is um, the big unspoken secret of our business is that we're kind of all making it up as we go along, right? Like there's there's no roadmap. We're all pioneers. We're all kind of plowing our own furrow and creating our own journey. And um, that can get hard. And having the right kind of support and the right kind of the right kind of cheerleading section and the right accountability section can go a long way to make us feel part of something bigger than ourselves. And if we're plowing a lone furrow, that can get tiring very, very quickly. Definitely, definitely. Okay, so we know we need the right people around us. We need some people who might be encouraging and a bit more nurturing. And then we might need another person in your life that's going to give you a bit more push and encouraging and i know that's kind of your positioning um in your business (laughs) yeah i am the stick because i because i've been i've been in that i've been behind that stick myself (laughs) so let's talk about goals though and because i think people often get very overwhelmed just always the thought of setting goals it's supposed to be a really positive experience you're supposed to have all your ideas about what you'd love to do and then you get a bit stopped are a bit overwhelmed and that can be in life in business in any any area what what should we highlight around goals and some of the traps that people fall into um oh, so much to talk about here 
Um, firstly, I think that the most useful suggestion I can give about goals when you're thinking about it is to give yourself the time and space to stop and listen to yourself. Because I think, especially when we've got a lot of pressures in terms of kind of growing a business, we've got customers uh, wanting things, we've got staff wanting things, we've got um, the economy changing on what seems like a minute by minute basis, then just kind of finding time to sit back, switch everything off, sit with ourselves and listen to what we really think is step one. It's really tempting to just go more, better, faster, more, better, faster. And that can be um, kind of self-defeating. In fact, it, it doesn't matter how fast you climb the ladder if the ladder's on the wrong wall. So first, give yourself some time, decide which which wall you want to put your ladder on and then worry about which ladder, how tall, in which direction, all that kind of stuff. So step one, relax, listen to what you actually think because it, it can be very depressing and very uh, disconcerting to set yourself up on a journey that you think is is going to fulfill you and then you get kind of part of the way, uh, part of the way along in it and you realise you're heading in the wrong direction because you're not happy. Yeah. So step one, tune into yourself, understand kind of what would make you fulfilled happy is not a great word for this because you know we can feel happy vegging out watching breaking bad or whatever kind of um box set we're all watching but where do you want to be and the technique that i use for this is a is a kind of future uh visioning technical back cast thing where i kind of sit myself down and um i think about in an ideal world where would i be in a year's time okay with my business so in our kind of in our terms i'd be thinking okay um how many people do we want to be working with what kind of courses do we have uh, available what kind of turnover do we want to have what products do we want to have available and do then what i call a kind of rich picture which is take yourself out of the present step into a year's time and kind of go okay um if i was a year if i was a year ahead and kind of looking back at where I am now, what would I need to be seeing around me in uh, on the 21st of July, 2024, for me to feel, okay, I've smashed the year in terms of, um, yep, money, but money only motivates us so far, so far. Who's on my team? What are we selling? What does my daily, what does my, my average week look like? How much kind of coaching am I doing? How much what other kinds of work am I doing? What kind of public speaking have I got? What kind of, and just get a real kind of idea of what does my business life look like a year ahead? Yeah. And then kind of write it down in as much part and as compelling a picture as possible. And then in order to turn it into, and that's kind of like the vision for the year. And in order to turn that into goals, what we do is, is we kind of go, okay, well, if that's 12 months time, in order to be on track with that, where do we have to be in six months' time? So we take all of the kind of metrics that we've applied for that kind of 12-month time scale and then half them. And then kind of so, okay, if we want to be turning over, I don't know, let's say 300,000 pounds, then in six months' time, we're going to have to be turning 150,000 pounds. And then kind of take out all of the kind of visionary stuff we've done for a year and then kind of turn it into six-month goals. And then what I do then is I kind of, chop it in half again so i've got some kind of three month goals and then third it up 
And then you've got, okay, this is what I'm working on for the first month. So what you've got is a series of metrics from, from kind of month one that you know if you hit and you keep hitting that you're going to hit your 12 months goal. And that way you can kind of keep yourself compelling. And it it kind of, you measure it on a kind of monthly basis, which helps you stay motivated, stay calm, be able to kind of tweak what you need to tweak, tweak rather than kind of get six months down the line and go, I'm lost, I don't know what to do. You need to kind of give yourself regular things that you can count on a weekly and monthly basis to help you stay on track. Yeah, I think that's so important. I, Yeah, totally. I think I hear so many people talk about having goals in, in whatever format, you know, they, they might have done a bit of visionary thinking about what they want something to look like, whether that's a job, business, relationship, whatever. And then very quickly get overwhelmed with all of the things because they're focusing on all of the things at the same time. And for me, bringing that down, okay. as you say, I can see, you know, I love the the idea of chunking it down six months, then three months, then bring it. Then for me, it's that daily, what's your today list? What's the one thing that's going to get you towards that big goal? And, I, and there, there is a, an opportunity to do lots of things, be able to praise yourself, be able to talk about what you've achieved. And, and so often the big visions don't, help us focus on those small things exactly and that's generally because people um their their goals tend to be wishes more than outcomes of kind of current behaviors and one of the kind of things that uh, we kind of uh encourage the people that we kind of work with is is to understand the difference between goals which are kind of hopeful and forward-looking and standards. What is my daily practice that I am going to guarantee that I do? So for instance, um, is my daily standard to kind of dither around, kind of make myself feel busy by looking in my inbox? Is it um, messing about with stuff that I, that I don't know is going to shift the needle forward? Or do I prioritize the important things do I have a, a high standard for myself on executing, which is, okay, I won't even open my email inbox before lunchtime. That way I can get at least half a day every day pushing the needle forward to grow my business or to stabilize my business or to take care of whatever is is operationally sensitive or um, important to get me where I want to go rather than kind of ease into the day with something kind of, simple and easy like oh I'll just dither around with my my email the the thing is if you start off your day with kind of low value low agency stuff then what you end up with is um you use all of your energy in the morning on stuff that doesn't actually matter too much nobody's going to complain to you if you answer your email three hours later nobody's going to be sending you emails going i was expecting an answer for this two and a half hours ago it's not going to happen right so bump your emails back to lunchtime 12 one o'clock and that gives you from kind of nine till kind of well four hours a day that's that's a lot of time per week right that's almost half of your week on high value activity first thing in the morning where you're actually moving the needle forward and actually doing things rather than letting the people of the world run your business by asking you pointless questions on email. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so important to focus on that 
difference between like a vague goal, like get fitter or be productive. You know, they're not really goals, are they? Like you say, they're aspirations. But actually saying I'm going to do 30 minutes walking or I'm going to complete three tasks today, as you've just said, it'd be very specific. And I think that is something that people can run with. Perfectly. And there's something we've kind of borrowed from um, lean manufacture, which is the difference between lead metrics and lag metrics. And lag, lag metrics are the kind of result and lead metrics are the behaviors that you can do every day that will result in the result, if you, <laughs> if you get my drift. So, for instance, um, I'm a little bit of a chubby lad, right? I'll ca- I carry a little bit of extra timber on myself. Now, um, a lag metric in that ca- case could be I want to lose a kilo a week, right? And I could I could just kind of go, okay, I want to lose a kilo a week and then weigh myself at the end of the week and, uh, and then – I wouldn't know whether I've lost it or what I can, and that's a lag metric, the result. Or what I can do is I can kind of go, okay, I can build in a daily metric, which is, okay, I'm going to eat less than 1600 calories every day. And I can measure that and I'm in control of my fork. So I can kind of do that quite easily. I can make sure I go to the gym three times a week. I can make sure I do 10,000 steps a day. I can make sure I drink three three liters of water. And I don't even have to worry about the results because if I just take care of those on a daily basis, which I'm empowered to do, then the lag metric will look after itself. And the problem with goals in the way most people apply them is that they're all lag metrics. And this is what I mean by standards, where you kind of go, my daily standard is, I'm going to do all of my lead activities, which is manage my diet, do some exercise, drink some water, all of that kind of stuff. And then that makes me feel empowered. It's small stuff. I can just tick them off. And every day I'm like, yeah, score, did that. And then when the results happen, we're generally more surprised than we'll achieve more than we think we will. Yeah. If if we do the daily stuff rather than wait until the end of the week and go, oh, no, I've got to lose a kilo. I better not eat for two days. Not not going to work. No. So, do yourself a favor, break everything down into standards and behaviors because it's it's habits and behaviors that make the difference rather than having a pie in the sky goal at the year end. Yeah, so important. And celebrating all of those because you've got lots of little things that you can have done. And again, the brain is screaming out for celebration. It needs that feeling. It needs that good oxytocin, doesn't it? Yeah. We we had it when we were at school. We got it all the time in most instances. And as adults, we don't do it to ourselves. <laughs> exactly. And like it's one of the things about being a grown up is that our cheering section evaporates over time. Okay. Hence we need the right people around us. But also, um you need a victory dance, right? You need a way of kind of celebrating for yourself that you've done what you would say you you're going to, because it's that kind of trigger action reward kind of thing. Without the reward, you don't embed a new habit. Now, the challenge is, is to find yourself a little reward that isn't have a pie or a glass of wine or do something that's destructive. It needs to be something nourishing. It needs to be something that you can you can kind of do where you don't have to go to the shop first. So is it about listening to an uplifting bit of music or something that kind of nourishes you in some way, right? So then the reward that you get is actually constructive rather than destructive. Because I come from a, a, a <laughs> I come from a family of chubby people, and my mom was terrible for this. She was a yo-yo dieter her whole life, and what she would do is she she'd kind of spend some time 
looking after a diet and all that kind of thing. I go, well, I've earned a Mars bar. <laughs> and then she'd, she'd undo all the things she did by having a kind of a not very useful or not very constructive celebratory device. So if, if uh, whoever's listening takes one single thing away from this, this kind of podcast is find your victory dance, find a way of celebrating for yourself that is nourishing and positive and uh, actually keeps you on track rather than derails you. I absolutely love that. And I think we need to have a little campaign on socials when this podcast goes out. I want to see people's victory dancing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. How, do, how do people celebrate? I'm always really, I've, I've developed a kind of backpack that um, I, I kind of anchored with some NLP technique about 25 years ago. And it brings me so much joy. I give myself a little backpack. It's anchored. It's kind of super positive. I'm smiling even thinking about it. And it, it's just finding one of those things where you kind of go, it might be a fist bump, it might be something where you're just like, yes, I win. And a load of sports a load of sports players do this, especially kind of tennis players and, and that kind of stuff where they have a, like a special kind of victory move that they do, yeah. which reinforces the positive behaviour that they've just played on the previous point. Well, maybe they kind of played a stroke particularly well or they played a, a kind of serve particularly well and they do the kind of the victory dance so that they embed it and then it's kind of forces a positive feedback loop where they do more of the thing Mm. but what i really like about what you said there neil is have something that is with you all the time so not something you've got to go and get go and buy just something that you've got give yourself your mind doesn't know the difference between you treating yourself to an amazing hundred pound gift versus giving yourself a little high five or a, a a fist pump does it it doesn't know the difference so let's utilize that as long as it's anchored properly exactly exactly i love that i think it's so important and so many people spend so much when we think about movement and goals and doing and achieving is they're often thinking they haven't done enough and yet if you were able to just celebrate whatever it is you've achieved then your mind would be like well that's that's enough so many more. people. Yeah, I'll do yeah. more of that. And I'll then you more. are motivated, aren't you? Yeah. Well, think about the way we teach uh think about the way we teach children to walk, right? I don't know whether you have children, but you are aware they exist and have seen them in the wild before. Okay. <laughs> so um when we teach children to walk, we don't just sit them on the ground and go, Well, that's rubbish. You're not you're not walking. Uh, well, here's you need to move your legs more. You don't kind of nag them into into kind of learning some stuff. What you do as a as a kind of parent is you hold them up and then they wear the little legs and then the tiniest little waggle of the leg, you're like, you're walking, it's amazing. All of this positive regard comes out. You're the best walking child of no children are better at walking than you are. You're a genius, right? Okay, and then they get a little bit better and you keep positively reinforcing and positively reinforcing it. And yet, and that's how they learn. Yet when we're adults, we think that we need to beat ourselves up and criticize the way the way we're doing things and think that's going to improve things. Now, if your partner or somebody you care about was speaking to you in the same way, you'd be like, how very dare you? <laughs> Nagging me isn't going to change anything, right? And yet we think we can talk to ourselves like that. So we need to find a way of introducing a little bit more positive self-talk where we do build in the celebration, where we do build in the positive regard and we congratulate. It's called positive reinforcement, where we kind of, we congratulate ourselves for the things that we do want to do 
rather than give ourselves grief for the stuff that we don't. Yeah. And and I love the idea of thinking about children learning because you're absolutely right. We do encourage them even if they fall over, we still encourage them. And another brilliant life lesson from us all learning to walk is we got back up, we fell back down and we got back up, we fell back down and we got up. We were so determined, all of us, most people anyway, to, to be able to walk. And I think that's in us, isn't it? That determination is is rooted in us from that very early part of life. I think part of it is um, the fact that the goal is so compelling. You never get a baby who kind of has a go, falls over and goes, well, I guess walking's just not for me. Okay, because what they do is they see everybody else around them walking and they go, that looks amazing. I want some of that. And this is the thing with goals is that it has to be compelling. It has to be something you want. It can't just be like, oh, I want to double the size of my company. Nobody gets excited about that. Mm -hmm. And what you have to do is find something that gets you so motivated that you kind of that no matter how many times you fall over, you're going to get back up because the goal is so very motivated. And that's why we use the kind of backcasting technique where you kind of get people to look into what is a super preferable future? What is optimal? What do you want? What would make you absolutely stoked? And then it doesn't matter how many times you fall over then because you kind of go, no, I'm off to something amazing, actually. And then you kind of can get yourself back on track, get yourself kind of more motivated again, like take your... (laughs) <laughs> take your licks and then kind of stay true to what you actually want because it's what you actually want, not what you think you should have, which is why sitting down, calming your mind and focusing on actually what you do want pays off double. Yeah, it's so important. And in that process, just being really mindful of making sure it's something that you want, because I know for me personally, exactly being massively influenced on what everyone else thought I should be doing and that didn't make me happy exactly and that you you couldn't have said any better that's the thing is that our primary job is to make ourselves super happy and then feed other people with the overspill of our own joy and happiness rather than make other people happy and then try and kind of squeeze a little bit for ourselves it doesn't yeah. work like that. We have to kind of, it's, uh, yeah, we have to kind of feed everybody else from the overflow that we're so happy and fulfilled and kind of we're building a life of meaning and we're getting what we want is that it's infectious and we'll start kind of infecting our team with this kind of positive thinking and affecting our customers with our positive thinking. And it, it's, it comes from the inside out. Yeah. You can't, you can't ever bring that from the, from the outside in because it's our business. We're responsible for it. And um, we have to kind of do it deliberately or everything just gets painful where we think we should and, you know, kind of, oh, well, our partner thinks this and our business partner thinks this and our customers think this. It's a lot of weight to carry if it's not what you want to do and that just kind of builds resentment and then pain and then suffering. And then when you do fall over, you think, oh, maybe I don't want it that much anyway. Yeah. Step one, building the compelling future is is literally 80% of the battle. Yeah, and I think if anyone is listening in today and they do feel a bit stuck wherever they are in life, it is just about taking some thought on, well, what is it? What's missing? What are you doing too much of? What are you do not doing enough of? What is it that's missing that you can then start getting excited about? Because that's basically yeah. what we're saying. Let's get excited yeah, about. Yeah, The Marines have got this fantastic phrase. Kind of Royal Marines have got this fantastic phrase. Compose, refocus, go again. Right. Where when everything is 
you know, kind of doing all their kind of super hard basic training where basically you're carrying the weight of three people on your back and running up and down mountains and you're wet and dry and hot and cold and all that kind of stuff. As you might imagine, it's a little bit overwhelming. So what, what, they, what they do is they kind of spend a little, they teach the Marines to put a state change in. And this is the really important thing is that they go, okay, stop, compose, take a breath, resettle yourself, refocus on what you actually want and then go again. Because you can't just can't just grind it out. I love that. I, I think that kind of is our take home. It is for me just that. It summarizes almost everything that we've talked about on this episode is just stop, think about it, compose, what settle yourself, be kind to yourself in that moment, and then what's next. And just if if we could all just keep doing that when it's especially if it's getting a bit tough. Yeah. Well the, the, I, there's many metaphors for life, you know, kind of, is life a race? Is it a, I prefer to think of life as a parade, right? Where I, I go along at my own space, uh, my own speed, showing off what I'm good at, making sure the audience notices, being all pizzazz and that kind of thing. And that for me kind of works because if it's a race, you're in a hurry. And if it's, if it, so chill out, bring the best of you to work. And when you do that, people will respond because, you know, <laughs> who wants to do business with a seven? Right? If you when you score, you kind of how much you show up to work every day. Most people go oh, seven or eight. Like, who wants to do business with a seven? I want to do business with an on fire ten who <laughs> brings themselves, who brings everything they can to the business. Is actually cock a hoop to be there, and will smash it because they're doing something they love. I love that. I love that. Right. I think we've probably given people lots of good things to think about. There is some little tips in there that we can take action on, chunking things down, making sure you've got your big vision first, then chunking things right down, making sure that we've got the right people around us, giving ourselves a bit of slack, a bit of permission. But I think the big thing for me is it is that victory dance, isn't it? It's that that's the bit that stuck out for me. We can train we can train ourselves to do much more positive things. And all of that starts with understanding what you want, giving yourself a bit more positive regard. And then when you do show up, catch yourself showing up and congratulate yourself. Yeah, brilliant. I love that. I love that. And, you know, this feeds in beautifully to uh, next week's episode because we are, I'm going to be talking to Caroline Bramwell, who Mm. is, she's got an incredible story. She's a triathlete a motivational speaker, she has got a great motto and her motto is anything is possible. And that's because she herself has got a stoma. She's had surgery and has just proven to herself. And in that conversation, we're talking about how she chunked everything down and gave herself those uh, celebrations, but also those steps. Absolutely. It's like Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you'll find out you're right. I love that. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Neil, for coming and sharing your wisdom with us today. Thanks, Alison. It's been an absolute delight. Um, yeah, well done for this. It's a it's a great thing. And um, thank you for having me. And I hope uh, wish you all the success in the world. Thanks, Neil. Brilliant. Well, I hope you can join us next week. Thank you so much again to Neil for this week's episode. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening and sharing in this episode of Mental Wealth. 
Remember, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. My last question to you is what is the one small thing that you can take action on from this episode? Message me on Instagram or through our website with questions you'd like me to explore. You'll find the links in the show notes. I'll be back with more tools and tips to make sense of your mind in the next episode. In the meantime, be kind to yourself. Bye for now. Thank you.